Life is full of decisions. We're going to be looking at the life of Moses here in just a moment. A man who was known for making godly and good decisions. Uh, some decisions we make in life are, are very small and others have that are major decisions. Uh, who we're going to marry, certainly a major decision. Life's greatest decision, of course, is receiving Christ as Savior. Many decisions we make are, are crucial. Then there are other decisions that are not so big. Uh, I didn't know this till just recently as I was preparing this message, but when it comes to decisions, I have no idea. I had no idea how Baskin Robbins came up with this idea to have 31 different flavors. It was kind of an interesting study in 1945 in Glendale, California. Burton Baskin and Irvin Robbins, ice cream enthusiasts and brother-in-laws, were passionate about ice cream and they wanted to start what they believed would be the world's largest ice cream chain. Well, how did they come up with 31 flavors? Does anyone know the answer to that question? Just a couple. Uh, There's typically 31 days in the month, and they wanted to have an ice cream store that would offer a different flavor for every day of the month. Uh, That's a real blessing if you have a lot of kids and you go in there and you're trying to make decisions, right? Uh, I'm told that in their inventory, through their history, some 1,400 flavors of ice cream. I didn't even realize that could be possible, but that's what I read about Baskin-Robbins. A lot of decisions. really doesn't matter which one you make there. Uh, It's not going to impact your life in a great way, but other decisions we make certainly will. Who we are friends with certainly has a great impact upon our future, our destiny, and the destiny of others. That's why the Bible says, Make no friendship with an angry man, lest thou learn his ways and become be like him. Certainly who our friends are, that's a crucial decision. What we watch, what we listen to, the places we go, the person that we date, certainly that's going to influence our life and our future decisions. Who we allow to have influence in our lives will shape our future. Read the story of George Washington. His father died when he was just 11 years of age. Washington had his heart set on joining the British Navy. His mother had some serious reservations about that path, strongly urged him to reconsider. He listened to his mother. Instead of becoming a captain of a ship, he became commander-in-chief of the entire military forces of the United States. And I quote, Much of the course of our lives is determined by the input we get when making decisions, and whether we heed wise counsel when we receive it. We understand as believers today, we have the Spirit of God, who is the Bible tells us is to guide us. He guides us into all truth. Uh, we have the Word of God that reveals the will of God for our life. We have biblical counselors in our life. You guys are in a great place to receive counsel from godly men and women that will impact your life. But it does make a big difference on whether or not you receive that counsel. The Holy Spirit will guide us, His Word and godly counsel. We are, we are at the place in our lives today spiritually that we're at as a direct result of the counsel we have received, the teaching we have received, and how we've responded to it, the decisions we've made about that counsel. I would not be in the ministry today. I would not be married to my wife, Robin, today if I had not made a decision as a high school graduate to leave the secular college that I was at for a year and a half. I was just at a small junior college for three semesters, and I would not be where I'm at today if I had not left that situation 
and went to Bible college. And I'm so thankful for that decision that made a great impact in my life. You're here today at a Bible college, so that tells me you've made some good decisions along the way. I want to encourage you to continue to make good decisions. The Bible calls us to make decisions, and I would just emphasize in the Christian life, um, we know the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We understand the sovereignty and the plan of God, and I look back on my life and I see decisions that I thought, wow, I made that decision, and I did. But I see the fingerprints of God and His sovereign hand guiding me. In other words, He does give us a free will. and We have to respond to the leadership of the Spirit of God as He leads our life to make good decisions. But the Bible calls us to make good decisions. Probably the most familiar uh, decision that was called for, that we, we often comes to our mind anyway, is in Joshua 24, 15. Joshua pleaded with the people. He said, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, he said, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We think of 1 Kings 18, 21. Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long haught ye between two opinions? You've got a decision to make here today. If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. There was decisions to make. It's imperative that as believers we make right decisions in life as we are shaping our lives, our future, as well as impacting the future of others. The book of Hebrews, we're going to look at just one account of of, of a believer who made a good decision by faith. But when you read Hebrews chapter 11, there's story after story of people, men and women of God, making good decisions by faith and how it impacted their life and many others. Just stop and think, if Moses had not made this decision that we're going to read about in Hebrews 11, it had an impact on over one million other people. It was important that Moses chose wisely and followed the leadership of God in his life. Hebrews chapter 11, if you found your place, let's look at these verses together, beginning in verse 23. The Bible says, By faith Moses... When he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, the saying to do, were drowned. Again, I want to bring a message this morning concerning this subject, decisions and our destiny. And certainly there is a great connection. Let's pray together. Father, we ask you to bless the reading of your word. And Father, I pray this morning um, for Jesus' sake uh, that you would work through my life. I pray that you would give me liberty to share the things that need to be shared in our time together. 
Father, I pray you'd set a guard at my lips and not allow me to say anything that would not bring honor and glory to you. I pray that you would empty me of flesh and fill me with thy spirit. And I pray that you would help each and every one of us to be eager to receive uh, these familiar truths. Father, so many times in the Christian life, uh, we are in, in the Word of God exhorts us to remember and to remember. And there's some truths concerning decision-making that we need to remember today. Uh, and I pray that it would help some young person that's sitting here today that's considering maybe some great decision. And, and they don't want to miss your perfect and good will. Father, I pray that as the Word of God is preached, the Spirit of God would would encourage them and, and guide them and give them some confirmation even in those decisions they're considering. And Father, get glory to your name through this time together and we'll give you praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. As we begin the message, certainly this is a very familiar story in the Word of God. We know the background well. We're not going to take a lot of time here. We'll just touch on a few things and get right into the message. But after the death of Joseph, a new king came on the scene. And in Egypt, he did not know Joseph. The new king became very uncomfortable as the children of Israel, their population was literally exploding. And he was fearful that there could be a revolt against Egypt. So his plan was to limit the population by killing all the newborn Hebrew boys who were born. It was at this time of great persecution on the people of God that a man by the name of Amram and his wife Jochebed made a decision as they were blessed by God and were given this beautiful child. And that's really literally what the word um, proper meant there. He was very beautiful to look upon, something special about this young boy, Moses. And although they, were, they are obscure Bible characters, and many in churches today would never be able to name Amram and Jochebed, we know that the decision they made certainly made a difference as they did not fear the king's commandment and they allowed Moses to be born and the mother cared for him and we know that story and how God brought all, that, all of that about. But let me just emphasize, there, God uses ordinary people and sometimes you think, well, that, that mom and dad there, they're, they're never going to go to the mission field, they're never going to pastor a church, they're never going to be an evan- serve as an evangelist and family and travel the countryside. But we can never discount the choices that godly parents make because you never know what God will do in the lives of their children. There's no ordinary common people uh, in the work of the Lord. It was their faith in God that caused them to ignore the king's decree. They risked their lives to obey God. They saw a mighty king, but they understood they served a God who was almighty. And they made the right choice. Let me encourage you young people here today. No doubt you've got some parents that, that are probably uh, have a lot to do with you being in school today. And I know that wouldn't be true for everyone, but many of you... I grew up in homes that were godly homes, and the influence of your parents had a lot to do with you being a student here today. Please, young people, I know when you're younger sometimes, and I was there right where you're at today, and you don't always, didn't appreciate, I know I didn't appreciate at the time the sacrifice that my parents made for me to go to a Christian college. But the older I get, the more I look back upon my life, and I'm thankful for the sacrifice of my parents and their good choices behind my life. And certainly Moses had parents that made this good choice. They saw he was a proper child. Acts 7.20, the Bible tells us, in which time Moses was born, 
and was exceeding fair. He was a beautiful child. He was nourished up in his father's house three months. No doubt God must have impressed upon the parents the importance of life, and they did not fear the king's commandment. God gave them a beautiful gift, and they honored the Lord. They kept him in the home for three months, then trusted God to take care of him as he was placed in that little ark. And we know the story, how he was found by Pharaoh's daughter, and he was raised with great privilege. His sister came along, and of course, we know in the story, she was able to call for Moses' mother, who had a great impact in Moses' life in those early years. And just teaching Moses who he was, where he came from. And as Moses matured and got older, the plan of God became clear and clear to Moses that he was going to be the one to lead the children of Israel out of that bondage. We pick up in the story, Moses is 40 years of age. He's had the best of everything, the best of education, the finest of clothes, the finest of food, the finest of shelter. And, and, and as a prince in Egypt, there's really nothing that would have been off limits to Moses at this time in his life. And it was at this time, Moses, as God's will was becoming clear to him, made a decision. If you're taking notes, very simple outline this morning, three thoughts that will really organize this message around. First of all, we'll look at his right decision. Secondly, we'll look at the basis of this right decision. And then number three, the blessing of Moses' right decision. First of all, I would emphasize in Hebrews chapter 11, we read those little words over and over and over, by faith, this person did this in obedience to the will of God. And certainly by faith, Moses made this decision. I was reading this morning, my Bible reading Deuteronomy chapter 1. And it's interesting, it was about Moses and he was recapping the history of the children of Israel. And he talked about how they came to Kadesh Barnea. And of course, God gave them the land, but there were the spies that came back and caused the hearts of the people to melt. And you read some sad words in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 13. 32, it says, yet in this thing ye did not believe the Lord your God. Decision failures typically are connected to our lack of faith in God. We have to have faith as we follow the will of God for our life. And this begins by faith, Moses, by faith. Two things we'll see concerning his decision, two parts of his decision. First of all, he refused identification with the Egyptians. That word refuse there means to deny or to reject. He, would, he rejected his worldly heritage. And for believers today, we, are, we know we're commanded, First John, to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. We're to reject the culture of this world. He rejected the worldly riches uh, that Egypt had to offer. And we understand the principle in the New Testament, we cannot serve God and mammon. He rejected the worldly influences, and the Bible calls you and I to come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord. But he did this all by faith. God had communicated, as I've shared, this is your plan, my plan for your life. And he was willing now to abandon all the prestige, all the power and the privilege that came with his position as the king's son. And no doubt about it, the world in this day, and people would read the story of Moses and they would think, what, what a crazy decision to leave all that he had and all that he was born to, to leave 
to identify with the people of God. Walk away from such great wealth. Young people, if you're not careful, I'm afraid sometimes young people think, well, you know, if I go into ministry, it's going to be hard. And, you know, I've heard of, you know, this ministry or maybe this pastor and maybe he suffered a little bit. And I don't know if I want to choose this path. Look, you cannot serve God and mammon. And let me just say this. God is good and God is faithful and his promise is to supply all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. But Satan lies to many young people and they think I would never want to be in the ministry because if I do, I could never have this or never have that. Uh, let, me, let me just say God's been far better to me than I deserve. Great ease in life he had in Egypt and Satan lies to young people and saying, oh, if you go into ministry, if you go to the mission field, it's going to be hard. And, and Moses had it made when it comes to worldly comforts, but that wasn't the will of God for his life. Oh, he could have indulged in anything he wanted to in Egypt. And the world says, well, look, if you go and you serve the Lord with your life, just think of all that you're not going to do. And, of course, Satan always wants you to focus on and have the thought what you're giving up, and it's never what you're giving up. It's always what you're gaining. But Satan is a liar and the father of lies. Oh, if you follow Christ with your life, you're going to lose that popularity. And let me tell you, Moses lost his popularity in Egypt when he chose to reject his upbringing and not, would not be identified as Pharaoh's daughter in all of Egypt. And young people today... You follow Christ, even as the Apostle Paul said, uh, the world is not going to be for us. In fact, Paul, I'm preaching through 1 Corinthians uh, on Sunday mornings at our church, and just recently he used that term, we're the offscoring of the world. And that's the way the world looks at believers today that are following God. They're the, literally the scum of the earth. That's from the world's viewpoint. But from heaven's standpoint, Moses wasn't giving up Everything for nothing. No, he was sacrificing nothing for everything to be in the good and perfect will of God. He was abandoning a limited earthly king to serve the king of kings and lord of lords. And young people, let me encourage you today. If you don't get anything else from the message, there's no greater privilege in the world than to be in the perfect and good will of God. And if that's to serve in full-time Christian ministry, there's nothing greater that you could ever do with your life if that is what God is leading you to do. Make sure you're surrendered to do the will of God. And remember, it's never what you're giving up. It's always what you're going to gain. So I'm, first of all, these decisions were made by faith. And the first one was he refused identification with Egypt and Pharaoh's daughter. Second, second part of the decision, he chose rather to be identified with the people of God. Choosing rather, he preferred that over the world. One man said Moses believed that the reproach of Christ was a far more valuable choice than all the riches the world had to offer. It used the word esteeming there. It means to count or to value. The world values things that we don't value the same. Oh, the world says, hey, your kid's got to be the greatest athlete ever, although he'll never get paid one penny for playing sports. But growing up, I've seen so many families, and it breaks your heart. They sacrifice their children to the gods of sports because they're esteemed so great. Look, I'm for sports. I, I enjoy 
sports today. I enjoy it so much that eight months ago I ruptured my Achilles tendon. But you know what the good news is? Six months later I was playing basketball again. So, uh, But you pray for me that I grow up one of these days and pray for my wife for, for patience with her husband. But uh, I enjoy sports. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying the world, they value the sports heroes and the, the stars of the day. That's... Moses esteemed. He, he made a decision. He wasn't going to value that above the will of God for his life. He understood as he looked ahead that the future and the eternal rewards far outweighed this present satisfaction that he had in Egypt. Four simple thoughts here under these two decisions. Just kind of a side note here. Some, some things to consider about the decision. He was 40 years of age when he made the decision. Moses' life, when you go to the book of Acts chapter 7, it's marked by three 40-year periods. 40 years trained in Egypt, 40 years trained by God, 40 years carrying out what God had trained him to do. So I'm just saying by the first third of his life, his course was set. If you live to be 75 years of age, look, by age 25, your course is probably going to be set. But the decisions you're making right now will have a major impact on what you do as that 25-year-old Bible college graduate and for all the days of your life. And I'm just saying, the younger you make that decision, the more God's going to have of your life. And God had two-thirds of Moses' life as he made this decision. It's very sad when you think of people that have the attitude, well, one of these days I'm going to get serious and serve God. And before you know it, they're 60, they're 70. And it's a wonderful thing to finally yield and dedicate your life to God, even if it's age 60 or 70. But would it have been better if they'd done that like Moses did at an earlier point in his life? Second thought under this, it was made this decision to identify with the people of God when the children of Israel were literally at their lowest point in all of history. It's not and I know this past week, if you followed baseball, wasn't a shock to see the Dodgers go down. They really ruined my illustration that I wanted to give today. I mean, this year it would have been easy to identify with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, they had a 111 and 51 record, but the Padres put them out. Uh, a lot easier to be on the Dodger bandwagon. Then the Washington National Bandwagon, 55 and 107. It's not easy to leave what the world says is popular, and this is great, to be identified with a slave nation. Not easy for Moses to leave, in man's eyes, a winning team to join the worst team on the face of the earth. And again, that was the world's standpoint. It's not easy for him. It wasn't easy for Moses as he had known a life of great ease for 40 years to trade that, to identify with the slave nation, a persecuted and downtrodden group. He traded luxury for hard work and coarse food, respect and honor for hatred and contempt, wealth for poverty and want, a palace for a hut. But again, that was Earth's standpoint. But I'm just pointing out, make the decision, make good decisions early in life. Make decisions regardless of how the world looks at that. Number three, even though the world says, hey, you don't want to identify with that group. They're the despised group. And we understand the day we're living, as time goes on, Christians are 
more and more in the crosshairs, if you will, of this world. We're the problem that the world thinks that we're, we're creating all the problems in the world. But I'm just saying that's not heaven's standpoint. This decision was made when the pleasures of sin seem most enjoyable. People talk about, hey, the forbidden fruit. Hey, Moses could have had the whole tree if he had wanted the whole tree. I mean, there would have been nothing that would have been withheld from Moses in this position in Egypt. The pleasure of sin has never been more apparent or accessible than the day that we're living in right now. And let me encourage you, young people, guard your decisions. Sin has never seemed more appealing or attractive and accessible as it is in the day that we're living in. But when you're driving down the interstate and you see all those advertisements on the side of the road, uh, and I'm sure everyone here has, has taken that exit to go to Bucky's. Is there anyone here never been to Bucky's? Uh, wow, you guys need to get out more. Uh, you, no, I'm kidding. Buy their gas, but do not go in the store or you will leave a poor person. Uh, great deals on gas, not so much on the snacks. But those billboards on the side of the road, they, they want to make them look very appealing. Why? Their goal is take this exit. Take it. Get off the path that you're on and take this exit. And boy, Satan does a great job of making sin look so appealing. He wants us to take many exits that would lead to the ruin of our lives, many wrong decisions in taking those exits. We've got to remember on the back sides of those billboards that are so beautiful is the true story. It's the splintered wood. It's the rotting wood. It's the rusty nails and the bolts. That's really what's there. But what a veneer Satan paints. It was a very pleasurable situation for Egypt as a young man in Egypt. This decision was made decisively. He made a clean and decisive break. Uh, sometimes I think, and, and I mean the Bible does, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I guess, maybe reading into the text a little bit, but I wonder if Moses might have ever been tempted to think, well, look, I'm, I'm a prince in Egypt. I, I'll just stay here and I'll be able to help these people more if I just stay in the group. If I just keep my position in my nice house, in my nice clothes, and, and all of these things, I'll be able to... And so many people will compromise the will of God and make a poor decision. And when you know God is leading you to do something, don't try to rationalize or compromise the will of God. Uh, Moses rejected e Egypt's social position, its pleasures, and its prosperity. Well, why did he do that? Quickly, number two, what was the basis of this decision to, by faith, reject Pharaoh's household in Egypt, identify with the people of God? Why did he do this? First of all, and again, we've been emphasizing, he made the decision by faith, and we must believe God as well. Blessing and obedience always go hand in hand. And we know too well the story of Saul. And as he disobeyed God and usurped the priestly authority, duty, and, and, and he didn't obey uh, in slaying of all the people, and he brought back spoils. And we're familiar with the verse in 2 Samuel. Um, Hath the Lord of great delight in sacrifices than... Um, I just slaughtered that verse. The, the point was, God was not going to value sacrifices than in obedience. And he says, to obey is better uh, than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Saul, if he'd only learned that and by faith obeyed the Lord, because blessing and obedience always go hand in hand. 
Number one, by faith, the basis of this right decision, it was made by faith with a biblical understanding of sin and its pleasures. Look again at verse 25 in the text. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. The basis of this right decision was he understood, oh yes, sin, there are pleasures there. But they're always temporary. They're always passing. They're always for a season. Moses evaluated carefully this prospect of sinful pleasure and ease of life and following the will of God for his life. And I'm thankful he was mature enough to understand that sin brought temporary pleasure but it had eternal consequences. Boy, the lost man today, they, many times they do not come to Christ because they, all they see is the here and the now, and they realize the life I'm living now, if I come to Christ and put my faith in Christ, this is not going to be part of my life anymore. Many times they will not come to Christ because of their love of sin. They'll reject the Savior. They never count the eternal payday. Albert Barnes said, compared to eternity, oh, how brief. The longest life spent in sin. Did you get that? Compared to eternity, oh, how brief. The longest life spent in sin. Soon it must be over. And then the unpardoned sinner enters on an immortal career where pleasure is forever unknown. But the lost man many times can't see that. But unfortunately, sometimes believers, we follow that same principle. And we see that pleasure of sin And we never stop and think about the consequences and what this is going to do in my life. We forget the principle found in Galatians 6, 7, and 8 where it says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Quit deceiving ourselves. God will not be mocked for what silver man soweth. That shall he also reap. How many people in the Christian life, they think, well, hey, I'm a young person. This is the time. I've heard people talk about stuff like this. This is the time to sow your wild oats. Well, they forget you can't sow wild oats and pray for crop failure. Uh, You're going to reap what you sow in your life, and you've got to understand that. Moses evaluated, and he saw, hey, compared to the eternal, this path in Egypt is only temporary. Horatio Bottomley was a British journalist and financier whose talents as a writer and order earned him a seat in Parliament. But his name constantly came up in the courts in connection with fraud charges. And in 1922, he was finally sentenced to seven years in prison. It was there that a friend uh, found him at work, stitching mailbags. That's what he did while he was in jail, stitching mailbags for seven years. Ah, bottomly, the man said, sewing? No, the prisoner replied, reaping, reaping. Young people understand, boy, Satan does a wonderful job of making sin look so attractive. But every wrong decision you make is another scar, is something else that Satan will use to lead you down a path of ruin. Oh, how a few moments of immorality can destroy your life and your future. Reaping disease, a scarred conscience, a broken-hearted spouse, shame and reproach, disillusioned children. Young people here today, there are many of you purposed in your heart. You're not, you're going to keep yourselves till you get married, pure. 
And I encourage you to continue to do that. When you contrast the story of Joseph and the story of Amnon, Joseph ran and he ended up in jail for doing right. He ran from uh, that tempting situation. But the Bible says Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab who was a very subtle man. And when you compare the difference there, Joseph ran. Amnon had a wrong friend and that wrong friend encouraged him in his evil deeds. And after his temporary moment of sinful pleasure the bible says he hated her exceedingly it just tells us sin never produces the satisfaction that satan tells us it will romans 13 14 but put ye on the lord jesus christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof second timothy paul writing to young timothy said flee also youthful lust run from those situations a few moments in immorality a ruined life in future affects your destiny. A few moments around a little alcohol, reaping years in prison and shameless behavior and a ruined name. Oh, Daniel purposed in his heart he was not going to defile himself. A few moments in front of that television screen, computer screen, phone screen, reaping a wounded and scarred mind, a ruined family, a ruined ministry, a ruined testimony. Hey, we better be like Moses and understand, hey, it's just for a season. It's, it's a momentary satisfaction. We better look beyond the immediate and see the big picture and the eternal and base our decisions by faith, and we're going to trust God. Number three, they were made by faith with an understanding of the superiority of eternal blessings. Look at verse 26. He understood there's something beyond this life, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches and the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect and the recompense of the reward. Look, as believers, and you've heard your whole life, oh, this is our worst life now. And by the way, that's, that's you know, all, that, the, all the preaching done today. Oh, uh, you want your best life now? That's not even biblical. No, this is our worst life now. The best life is to come. But sometimes we're tempted to question that. We look around and we see the prosperity of the wicked. Didn't the psalmist struggle with that in Psalms 37 and 73? He says, hey, I've, I've cleansed my hands in vain been wasting my time doing right and I'm going through these trials and the ungodly they're not so uh, they seem to have everything going for them oh young people always remember Satan's the liar and see beyond that to the eternal blessings and by the way the world never knows the joy of leading a, a, a precious soul to faith in Jesus Christ what a great privilege it is to serve the Lord. The world never knows the joy to have the smile of God upon your life. The world never knows the comfort of a soft pillow when you go to bed at night because your conscience is clean with Almighty God. The world doesn't know any of those blessings. Boys, they've discovered the ancient tombs and all the riches they find in those coffins. Hey, Moses had a lot in front of him that looked very good, very valuable. But he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches. In other words, one man said Moses believed that the worst he could endure for Christ would be more valuable than the best of the world. He believed God's worst was better than Satan's best. And let me say, God has no worst. Number three, he made these decisions by seeing the temporary, the, the temporary satisfaction of sin. It's just for a season. He saw beyond that to the eternal things. And then secondly, the basis of this decision, he understood, 
hey, to esteem the reproach of Christ is greater riches because I want to stand before God and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to lay up some treasure in heaven and live my life in such a way to have the smile of God upon my life. He based these things with maturity. The blessing of his right decision in closing. And let me just say, so many incredible blessings. I wish I had time to share. Time's almost gone. I wish I had time to share of blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. It's been serving the Lord. Now let me just say, I don't, I don't want to paint this rose-colored picture because that's what the false prophets do. Oh, you come to Christ and you'll never have trials or problems. And boy, you'll have more money than you know what to do with. And all of the lies that they tell. It's certainly not been without trials and heartache. And your heart breaks when people you pour your life into, they, they, they reject the counsel and they, they make foolish decisions and they destroy their lives, their family, they leave the church. And boy, there's trials that you go through in the ministry, so I don't want to discount that. But let me just say, so many countless blessings in serving the Lord. The blessing of, of Moses' right decision by faith, verse 29. We don't have time to develop this, but first of all, it says he got to leave Egypt. He endured. He did not accept the king's compromising offers. He didn't stay in Egypt or just go a little ways out or just take part of the group or take not all their possessions. He would not compromise. And because of that, by faith, the Bible says he, he left Egypt. By faith, he kept the Passover, pointing to the coming Messiah. By faith, he got to cross the Red Sea and to see the powerful hand of God, the delivering hand of God. And again, we don't have time, or it's gone. But so many blessings, and not only in Moses' life, but again, I shared at the beginning, decisions and destiny. Oh, would it have impacted Moses individually if he had not made this decision? Oh, absolutely. But young people always remember, you never do right alone. It affects others. And you never fall alone. It affects others. Oh, Moses' decision not only affected his destiny, but many others. Young men, there are churches waiting for you to come and serve them. As a youth pastor, assistant pastor, associate pastor, one day as a pastor. There are missionaries waiting, or there are mission fields waiting. There's lost people that are waiting for you to arrive one day as a missionary. But the decisions you're making right now would determine your destiny and in many ways will impact theirs as well. Be a good day to purpose in your heart. By faith, I'm going to do right. By faith, I'm going to get right. By faith, I'm going to yield my life wholly to do the will of God. By faith today, I'm going to make a decision to esteem spiritual things over temporary worldly things. And I'm going to get some things out of my life that I know are hindering my walk with God and will hinder my future usefulness for Christ. Be a good day to make a clean break with this world. Be a good day to make a decision to wholly follow God and His Word, to do right no matter what the cost might be. By faith, by faith, trust God and do right. Make godly decisions and yield to the Spirit of God as He leads you.